Welcome to the Break New Ground Podcast. My name is Luis Prado, aka B-Boy El Prad, and we are back. We've taken about a month and a half of a hiatus, and I feel like I say that every single time I introduce a podcast in 2021, but I think it's better that it happens as opposed to it never coming back at all. And I would only come out of a hiatus if I had a good guest, a guest worthy enough to bring me out of that podcast slumber, and that is what we have today. We have someone who is potentially going to change the community with their latest project. And uh, they talk about it in every jam, every chance they get. It's probably the first thing they think of when they get out of bed in the morning. But I want to make sure we put a mic in front of them so that they can explain why they're so passionate about it and what it's going to do for us breakers moving forward. Um, I could talk about him all day, but I would rather him introduce himself. We got Felix joining the podcast, a.k.a. El Oso, a.k.a. Bear aka mr break connect felix how's it going man it's good happy to be here man you seem happy you haven't stopped smiling since you walked in <laughs> it's the decor there we go oh, yeah unfortunately it is the decor <laughs> um it's funny that we have you on the podcast this week because a video went viral earlier i'm not sure if you saw it but it was like a lady pushing a bear off the ledge did you see that video i was and i was pretty upset oh man it's fun. This is going to date the podcast entirely, but this lady, just for those of you that haven't seen it, she had like five dogs out in her yard and there was like a bear on the ledge and the bear was like pawing at the dogs and she ran out in like Usain Bolt speed and she pushed it. She straight up pushed the bear down and that's when I was like, you know what? This is how I know that this podcast is going to be good this week because I literally saw a bear and it came to me and we got the bear right here in front of me. Real quick, so I just want to say that bear was only pawing at those dogs because it was trying to protect its cubs. It was a mother bear. That's true. That is true. That is a fact right there. It, it's like looking at the glass half full or half empty, man. That's like, We could go about this all day. True, true, true. But the more important and pressing topic in question is why are you named Bear? Your real name is Felix. I don't my know real how name is Felix, that. yeah. So um, my I got my name... Um, when I was still living in Brooklyn, okay. um, I used to practice uh, in in Bushwick Ooh. with um, this guy Diego uh, Cyclone. Uh, you know, there's other people there like Richie, uh, Richie Rich. Uh, anyways, like long story short, um, you know, I'm a Russian. I'm Russian, so uh, you know, people like Russians are known to for some reason like bears and Russians are associated together. That's true. And uh, whenever I would break, like, uh, you know, Diego would say some shit like, uh, oh, let's go, let's go, bear. I was always going to do like, uh, he would say like something, he's got the bear face on. Um, and, you know, they just started calling me bear. And then uh, Cyclone, you know, he was the one that was like, yeah, let's go, Eloso. Okay. And um, that's it. You know, they just kind of dubbed me that. And, and you, you ran with it. It stuck. Did you have a name prior to that? Not really. One time somebody called me Pastel because I wore a pink shirt. Oh. <laughs> that that was that was the only reason. I'm glad you didn't stick to that. Yeah, uh, Hox Rocks, uh, Beagle Hox Rocks from um, also from New York. Interesting. She was like, "I'm gonna call you B-Boy Pastel because you had a pink shirt on." Oh, and I was man. like, "You know, the thing is, before that, I didn't have a name, so I was so like, you yeah. ran with it for a bit. I kind of like went with it for a day." Sounds like in a few days, by the way you're talking about it. Maybe a week tops. But Bear, I thought, okay, this is what I thought. And I was never, like, I, I assume someone gave you the name Bear down the line, but I thought you rebranded to El Oso when you came to San Diego just because it was, like, a very close-to-the-border population. No, nah, no, nah, it was it was all that happened in, like, literally in, like, seconds apart. Interesting. You know, Diego was like, let's go, Bear. 
He's like, that's where we, that's who you are. You're like, you're the Russian bear. And then uh, <laughs> Cyclone was like, yeah, El Oso. And then I said, Oso Peligroso. Oh, that's tight. You yeah. should run with that. Eh. Yeah. I'm not I'm not very peligroso though. Oh, I mean depending on who you ask, right? But it's funny cuz we we've, we've been already just 5 minutes into the podcast and you've already name dropped like a few locations. You've said Russia, you've said New York. How do you, how did you end up in those places? How did you go from one place to another and then end up here? We're in San Diego right now. Yeah. So oh. Okay, uh, so I was born in Moldavia. Um, okay, Russia. I say Russia just because, like, at the time it was part of the Soviet Union. Okay. So, you know, Russia. It's just easy to say Russia. Moldavia? Moldavia, yeah. it's Now it's its own republic, but at the time it was part of the USSR. Gotcha. Um, that was like, you know, I was born in 83, and then when I turned five, five and a half, we moved to New York. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the way my mom tells the story, she's like, yeah, your dad came home one day and he's like, we are moving to America. And, uh, you know, like it was like... Street Fighter character? Like Zangief, Zangief. yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> my dad, you know, he's like wheelbarrowed. He's like, we're moving to America. All right. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we, you know, we had to like... Um, be, so we came here like on a refugee status. Okay. So we basically had to like hop around Europe for like, we went to Austria and we were in Italy, and in Italy we actually got our refugee status, um, and they eventually gave us our papers mm-hmm. to kind of like make our way to the states. Okay. And um, yeah, we moved to moved to New York, moved to Brooklyn, and how long did you stay in New York? Uh, so we stayed in New York um, for about five, five and a half years. Oh shoot. And when uh, then after that we moved to Jersey. So okay. it was still like you know close. Yeah, still relatively close. Neighbors, like essentially. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my grandparents uh, and my aunt had like I had second aunts and uncles. They were all still in New York. My grandparents both sets. They were in Brooklyn, so we were in and out of the city almost every weekend. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and then when I turned eighteen, I went to college. In New York as well. Yeah, I went to Pratt, uh, which oh. was an art school. Ooh, look at this guy, <laughs> fancy. Went to Pratt. Name drop. Um, <laughs> But, you know, for me, it was a big deal because, like, I, I remember in high school, I, I was, fuck, junior high school even, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Right. You know, and I'm I'm the kind of person, if you know me, you know, like, my brain kind of just kind of, like, goes on tangents, and it kind of stays there until it figures shit out. I, yeah, I've, I've realized that part of you, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's both, like, a blessing and a curse, you could say, because, you know, people have said, like, you got, like, a one-track mind. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad thing. You're, it's not a you're bad devoted. thing. You're devoted. But it's also annoying. Yeah, it, I could see. I could see both sides of the coin. I've yeah. been there. I've been there. So I just remember, like, growing up, always kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Because, you know, school was school. Like, I went right. to school and I did well because, like, that's what you had to do to get to the next step. Right. And that's kind of how my brain always works. Is like, you do this to get here. Then you do this to get here. You do this to get here. Um, so, you know, when I was in high school, I think one of my, I took a computer art course and it clicked. I was like, oh, this is fun. And my teacher's like, yeah, you know, you could actually do this for a living. And I was like, oh, that's cool. (laughs) And, you know, I stayed with a lot of art classes and 
I'm not saying like I'm an amazing artist by any means, but I use the art classes to basically build a portfolio to get into an art school with a great design program. Gotcha. Okay. And Pratt was known for its design program and the connections that it could potentially make. Also, it's in the city. Right. You know, and I, large part of my life was in Brooklyn. And I was like, that's going to be fun to be back in Brooklyn. And I could visit my grandparents whenever I want. You're close to your grandparents? Yeah. Yeah, I, I am. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, I, I knew that. I did my research. I was just fact-checking you. <laughs> <laughs> you were fact-checking me. Yeah. Like, That's what's up. Uh, um, yeah, you know. Well, I mean, that makes sense because uh, you're one quick Google search away from your prestigious resume. And I was, resume. I was mentioning that as you walked in because I saw... And I, I was looking for something different, but I ended up finding that you've worked for some prestigious with some prestigious companies, including Madison Square Garden, Disney... I think I saw Apple in there. Sure. Yeah, so, I mean, it's your resume. Yeah, so the Madison Square Garden thing was actually... So here's the thing. Like, I feel like you looked at, like, the early part of my resume. There was only one page. Yeah, an early one page, but it's, like, split up into levels. It is, it is, yeah. Yeah, look yeah. at the years, man. Look at the years. Oh, my bad, man. <laughs> I was looking for something different, but I stumbled across this gem, and I was like, I have to bring this up. Um, So Madison Square Garden, I worked for this company called The Mecca. It was, like, a small boutique agency. Okay. Uh, that was my senior year at Pratt, and it was, like, an internship. Mm. And basically, <laughs> for me to say that I worked for Madison Square, or with Madison Square Garden, is basically, like, me changing text on a ticket that somebody else already designed or like a like a marketing design that somebody else already did and all i had to do was like update the colors or update this or update that technically i did work on something for madison square garden right and i needed to like you know beef up my resume so <laughs> that shit went in there hey, i appreciate the honesty yeah but then how does this disney thing come so disney's actually real it's real yeah i worked for this company called special ops media that was my Third job after I graduated school. Oh, I did see that on your resume. Yeah, so special ops. I just want to talk about special ops for media real quick. I highly doubt that any of the people I've worked with will listen to this podcast. But if they do, I want to give this shout out because that was one of my favorite jobs I ever had. Wow, that's high praise. Yeah, it was It was like my third job out of school. So here's, okay. I'm going to go back real quick. No, so go for it. This is your podcast. I graduate. Well, I mean, it's your podcast. <laughs> no, but today it's your podcast, man. So I graduated Pratt, and I'm like, shit, I need a job. So this is what I was talking about before, where I need to do this to get here to right. get here, right? So I'm like, okay, I graduated college. I got this fucking degree. I need to get a job. Right. Right? So my first job at a college was I worked for Clear Channel. Okay. Or Clear Channel is basically kind of like uh, the opposite, like... Um, Viacom's competition. Oh. They own radio stations. They own TV channels. And I worked for their di billboard division in Times Square. That's big. Right? Just no, by saying it that, it sounds sucked. Big. Wait, okay, wow. It, it was like, <laughs> you know, was going. they saw my portfolio and they're like, okay, we'll hire you. I'm like, great, cool. I'll, I, in my mind, I'm like, I'm designing billboards in Times Square. Right. Actually, I'm designing material for the sales team to use to sell billboard space. Oh, that's not as fun. Not as fun. Not at all. A. B, they had a dress code. Business casual. I cannot imagine you in business casual attire. Mm, fuck, bro. Me neither. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I broke that rule so hard, so fast. Um, because I was like, you know, struggling. And then I got called out. 
So like, listen, you, you can't be wearing jeans on Monday. <laughs> but there's Jean Friday. I there's assume? Jean Friday. Yeah, okay. down dress Friday. But you still have to wear like a collared shirt. So I had to wear like a polo or some kind of button up. And it still felt like I was kind of choking, right. slowly choking. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. And it was design work. I was doing design work and I was kind of like, I should be happy that I'm doing this, but I was fucking miserable. Is this like, like, just like, like Photoshop style stuff? Yeah, I was in Photoshop, Illustrator, like Flash was still around back then, oh, so wow. I was like Flash. working in Flash. Very dated. Yeah, super dated, bro. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but this kind of gives me a good picture. It kind of like sets the groundwork for what came next. Yeah, so long story short, like I think I was there for about six months, and then I realized I, I needed to leave. Right. They also realized that I needed to leave. Oh, shit. They let me know that I needed to leave before I let them know that I needed to leave. <laughs> it was a... <laughs> you could say it was mutual, but I was definitely caught by surprise. They beat you to the punch. They beat me to the punch. Yeah. And I was like, all right, well, I guess this happened. And I freaked out because I've never been in a position where I was, you know, I wasn't let go. I wasn't laid off. I was fired. Oh, shit. Straight up. No other way to say that except, like, that's what happened, like, the homie came in that's ownership right there though you take yeah ability and the thing is like i can't even hate like it's not that i didn't do my job right. but i looked miserable doing my job oh and you know it was obvious that i didn't want to be there like i watched a lot of scrubs videos during work oh. <laughs> way too many <laughs> way too many <laughs> that is a good show though i don't blame it's a really good it's show a really good show fucking a man but damn, they okay. They had you. They had you in this position that you did not want to be in. Mm. You're out here and struggling to wear a collared shirt, which is some would say that's like entry level difficulty stuff. But how do okay? This paint this picture for me. You're doing this. You're moving from this job to. Well, I'm hold on. So oh, okay. When that happened, I was like, all right, next goal. I want to have a job that I want to go to. That became my next goal. So, luckily, one of my homies that I graduated, like, that I went to school with me, yeah. uh, this guy, Christos, super cool-ass dude. Um, That's a cool name, Yeah, he's this Greek guy. Like, oh. he, you know, he also, like, a designer, yeah. also hip-hop head, you know, okay. like, he, he, we were, like, homies uh, throughout college, still homies to this day. Um, he's still out in Queens, so Christos. Um, so, he's like, yo, my uncle works at this uh, company called Hearst Magazine. Mm -hmm. Hearst is, like, a massive book company. They, they do magazines, books, like Esquire. Um, teen Esquire, GQ. <laughs> I, I mean, basically, long story short, like all that shit, Red Book, all that stuff. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So I got a freelance gig working for them, and while I was there, I'm like, I'm gonna work on my portfolio. It's gonna kick ass, and then I'm gonna apply to companies that I actually want to be at. Right, that's a smart move. So I did that for about I want to say three, four months. Okay. No, yeah, about three, four months. Cause I, you know, I got the, I started working there in December. And then I think I want to say I left around February, March, give or take. Okay. So, and that's what I did. I just started hustling super hard, like working with headhunters and my homegirl, who I also went to school with, was working at this company, Special Ops Media. Gotcha. Okay. And she's like, hey, we're looking to grow our design team. You should come in to interview. So I sent them my website, which was fucking rudimentary as fuck. <laughs> I mean, again, I built the thing in Flash. Right. And this is before websites have to be responsive right. or anything like that so i was able different to get times, away yeah different, different times. times like we didn't have smartphones that's true you know i had a flip phone <laughs> you're not looking up a website on a flip phone you're going on your computer you're triple tapping the text 
Yep. Oh, man. So... By the way, there's a site out there that exists with samples of the sites that you've made before. Huh? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's very hard to find another Felix with your last name. Fair enough. And it, it's a lot of the stuff you're saying, like, it sounds familiar. Like oh, that. I think I know what you're talking about. Like, yeah. I have shit that kind of exists out there that I haven't, like, yeah. taken down, so right. maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it looked like. And I, I mean, I clicked around. You know, they do seem like dated sites, but... It's yeah. all part of the grind, man. For You're sure. You're not supposed to make an MSN.com level site off the jump. No, no, you, 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 well, no, and yes and no. So basically, like, special ops media, I went in from an interview, yeah. and I fucking nailed it. You know, the guy even said, like, you know, we don't normally do this, but, like, you know, I think I'm going to make you an offer. Oh, wow. And I was like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> going from fired to first job interview offer, that's a pretty big jump. Yeah, I was stoked. But actually, I also interviewed somewhere else at another company, mm -hmm. and they actually made me an offer first. Oh, wow. So they made me this offer, and I remember I was like super excited because I was good with either company, right? I wanted one of them, right. but I just needed someone to give me money. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and then I was like, oh, this is great. And I told them, and they're like, oh, you're freelancer. And I'm like, yeah, but I just want to give them two weeks because, you know, I don't want to, no matter if you're freelancing or full time, Wherever you work, you always want to leave on a good note. This is just that's life advice basic right knowledge. Yeah, like, that's life advice. Don't burn a fucking bridge because the world is not as big as you think. Exactly. Exactly. Period. That's a sound bite right there. Yeah. You take that and you run with it. Every <laughs> listener out there. Because some people don't think that way, surprisingly enough. Yeah, well, eh, it is what it is. It is what it is. So I say, cool, I just need to give them two weeks. And as soon as I said that, the guy was like, oh... Okay, we'll get back to you. And I was like, that's fucking weird. You literally <laughs> just said I got the job, and now you're saying you'll get back to me. So I'm kind of freaking out. So now I'm trying to figure out, all right, what do I do? Because I know that Special Ops Media says they're going to make me an offer, but they haven't yet. Right. This place is saying, we'll give you a call back, which in my mind, I'm like, they're, they're not going to take me on. Right. So I wait a couple of days. I wait a couple of days. I called the other spot. I'm like, hey, so what's the deal? Like, oh, we actually went with somebody within our team. And I'm like, cool. I was crushed. I remember I was at Hearst. And the thing is, like, for me, Hearst, like, it was a fun job. It was fine. Yeah. It was not amazing. I didn't hate going to work, which was already a plus for my previous job. Better dress code? Easy dress code. Better I didn't have a dress code. Even better. Yeah. yeah. But it was still, like, not what I totally wanted. And I remember just feeling like at the elevator going up to the office and I was like heartbroken <laughs> because, you know, like they, they, they took, they gave it to me and then took it away. Right. Yeah. That's, that's tough actually when you put it like that. Yeah. So then I call the art director, the creative director at Special Ops Media and I'm like, hey, so I need you guys to kind of like let me know what's going on because I have this other place that's making me an offer so I have to make a decision real quick. Whoa. Now, obviously, they don't know that. That's a power move. But I can't tell them that I just got turned down for a job. That's a power move right there. I, wow. So, you know, basically, uh, his name is Jesse. Jesse Resnick. He was the creative director. He, be he became like a fucking an awesome mentor for me as well. Um, he's like, hold on. Give me 15 minutes. 15 minutes. He gives me a call back. Gives me the number. And he's like, you good? I'm like, I'm good. I give my two weeks that day. Wow. So at Special Ops Media, right. um, I worked my way up to like an associate art director. 
you know, and granted, I'm still in my like early, early 20s, like 22, 23 years old right now. You're really dating yourself on this podcast, man. I know. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is, man. It you is. know, it, you own it, right? No shame in the game. And, you know, so I, one of the big things that we did was we did a lot of microsites, um, banner ads, oh, wow. um, and I ended up getting the Disney account. So I was in charge of creating like all banner ads, rich media microsites for Disney. Well, that's tight. Like, yeah. like Disney Channel or Disney Channel, like Disney original movies. Oh, shit like that. Wow. Yeah. That's a big position. I mean, Disney, you, you say you mentioned Disney anywhere in the world today. It's a big name. Yeah. And I mean, it, it was a big name back then, too. Granted, it's obviously much bigger yeah, now no. than it was then. But it was a huge account for us. And I made sure to just always kill it. That That was kind of like my thing, like. I learned a lot at that company, and I definitely, um, like, my first day there, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Right. Well, that's, that's a lot of people these days. I, yeah. I've been there. Like, remember my first day there, I, you know, I've never worked on a banner ad before. I, everything at school we learned was print, branding, oh, books, shit. brochures. I barely made websites, you know? So I came into this, and I'm designing, like, 12-point font, and... <laughs> My the the like my art director Joe Marconi, another amazing mentor of mine, um, he's like, "Hey, bro, uh, you're gonna need to make that bigger, that, <laughs> right? You know that, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, obviously, no, this, this, <laughs> I, I, obviously, I know that. <laughs> I work here. Come on." <laughs> and I remember like the first ad I designed, like he even he tore it up. He like he didn't tear it apart, but he basically went in and was like. Yeah, I'm not really just. I'm kind of like not feeling. Were you designing those? You just want a free phone? Click here ads? Was no. that you? No, 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 All no, right. no. Right. I never fuck with those. I was I was guilty of clicking on a few of those as a kid. <laughs> just wanted to make sure. <laughs> but he was kind of like, I'm not really feeling like the composition here at all, and he just kind of broke it down for me real quick, and I was like, Oh, okay, I know how to do that. I know what to do now. Then it became like butter. I was able to like pump those out. Ooh, nice. Yeah, and that became kind of like how I would roll. I was like, okay, I'm, it's okay for me to make a mistake because then I can learn from that and then I can make it even better. Right. And that's all I did. I'm not saying I kept making mistakes, but what I'm saying is like I didn't... You just improved. I wasn't... Yeah, I never got scared of making a mistake. Are you someone that beats yourself up? Hell yeah. When you make mistakes? I mean, to a degree. Right. I beat myself up in general <laughs> because I always want to be better and I always expect myself to be better, but a mistake is a mistake. You make a mistake, yeah. you learn from it. You make a mistake, you learn from it. Well, that's a good mentality to have. Well, okay, throughout this time, I want to halt this career conversation because when did you start breaking? Were you breaking during this time? Yes. So I started breaking in, in Jersey. Okay. Um, so I've always kind of liked to dance. Even when I was living in New York, I was like to dance and move. I didn't understand what I was doing, but I enjoyed it. And in high school, um, like the summer before my junior year, my homie Gus, um, who actually Your was friends a friends all have really cool names, right? Yeah. I mean, my name is Felix. Like, right. No. Yeah. You, you need to surround yourself with cool friends names, but Gus Christos. Yeah. Know. So far so good. Um, <laughs> so he was living in Florida with his dad. And he and I were childhood friends. Like, this guy, you know, he was, he to this day is my oldest friend. 
Um, Your oldest friend? Well, like, because we've known each other the longest. Oh, okay, okay, that's what you mean. I yeah. I meant, like, he's 70 years old or something. No, I mean, I have a 70-year-old friend, too, but that's... That is your technical <laughs> Technically, he's the oldest friend I have. Uh, no, Gus and I have known each other the longest. Okay. Um, you know, he lived around the corner from me uh, growing up, like, elementary school, well, not on, like, junior high school and high school. Okay. Um, so he comes back from Florida, and he's like, I'm like, yo... It's been a minute. I haven't seen you for a full year. He's like, yo, what's up? He was like, I'm like, yo, guess what? He's like, he's like, what? I started to break. So what that means is I used to work at an AMC theater. Okay. And one of the guys that worked there basically showed me a six step. Okay. I was like, that's amazing. I, I want to learn how to do that better. Now, again, dating myself like a motherfucker, we didn't have YouTube. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking like Napster just came up. Oh. Napster just started to exist. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Like LimeWire was was followed like followed Napster. Yeah. And that's where I could, would download videos. That's where you would get viruses too. Eh. I mean, bro, I went through so many gateway computers. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So this this would be the DVD era, early DVD era. Like VHS era. Oh, still DVD era didn't come up, but like I think my first DVD was uh, Red Bull Lords of the Floor 2. Oh, okay. And I think that was maybe my freshman year of college. Oh, sure. Sophomore year of college, I gotcha. want to say. Gotcha, gotcha. But I was coming up in the VHS era, and my first tape or tapes was uh, the Alpha Fame double tape. Oh, I've heard of that before. You've heard of that? Yeah, I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Just because I don't have. Oh, my God. You guys are so fucking spoiled. I'm talking about like. First of all, you can't see anybody's face. Um, in some of like the the clips, the video, like the the sound quality, it sounds like that's it. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's real hip hop, man. <laughs> when you no, were... that's what that was. <laughs> some people would say that that was real hip hop, and I mean, I can't argue with that. I've heard this is what I've heard about tapes in the tape era is that some of the things you see on those tapes will never be able to be replicated ever again. No, of course not. And, I mean, I can't argue with it, you know? But the YouTube era has definitely spoiled us a lot. So you were you were growing up on tapes, you were growing up on... Napster and LimeWire clips. Word of mouth. Word of mouth. Oh, yeah, man, like, fuck, like... Because we, you know, it was me and this kid, me and Gus, and we... I mean, this is embarrassing, but our first floor was literally, like... A cardboard box from my computer and his TV and we taped that shit together and we put that in my basement and that's where we practiced on that's tight yeah I mean that's like humble beginnings you know yeah we would we would haul that like cardboard between his and my house luckily again it was a two-minute walk um, but you know we would be like oh, we're practicing your place or my place today and uh, well, when people mention practicing at your place these days it sounds like a blessing I've heard a lot of good things about it I'm that's why I got the fucking apartment, bro. <laughs> I walked in, I saw the living room, and I'm like, yes. You did this for Gus, in honor of Gus. No, I did childhood. this for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, okay. So you're, you're growing up, you're learning how to six-step at an AMC theater, you're watching all these tapes. You continued, I'm guessing, since I see you now and I literally practice with you, yeah. you continued strong throughout this whole period of time. Uh, not exactly. Ooh. Yeah, there was, like, a lot of, like, these on-off years that okay. I would have. I get you. Um, you know, like, I think when I first started going to college, like, I, I was a little overwhelmed. Uh, mm. 
basically like you know the rule of thumb especially from our drawing teacher was six hours of work in class equals six hours of homework out out of class oh and that applied to all classes except art history you just have to memorize all that shit okay um, i've never heard that rule before i mean that was like that, that they wanted you to graduate <clears throat> and be fucking good that was the goal of that school you were on the president's list man i remember i saw that Pratt's president list. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Funny enough, that didn't happen until my sophomore year. Like, my freshman year, I struggled. Yeah, I mean, I struggled too. I know what you like, uh Like, I actually, so I got a scholarship to go to Pratt. Uh-huh. And after freshman year, I was freaking out because I was like, fuck, am I going to lose my scholarship? Oh, oh, right. Yeah. You're, you're technically, like, on that, like, tight rope, right? Yeah. So, you know, and I remember, like, I was having, like, this moment in my life where I called my mom, and I was like, Mom, if I lose my scholarship, are we going to be okay? (laughs) (laughs) You know, and, like, you know, my mom is, you know, this woman, this Russian woman that, like, for her, this, her spoiled child is bitching about a scholarship when, like, she grew up, like, not having enough food to eat at some point, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, some of the stories that my mom told me, like, I look back on how I was raised, I'm like, God damn. The parents' struggle stories, a man. Bitch. They really get to you, especially when you're like complaining about a commodity of sorts. Yeah, man. And yeah. you know, so lucky enough, I didn't lose a scholarship. I was close, but I didn't. But that was again that moment. That was like one of those like you learn and you do better. So that lit a fire under my ass. Where sophomore year, I'm like, I am not coming. I'm not gonna get near that fucking line. Oh, shit. Well, I mean, you turned it around according to your resume. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, so I busted my ass. And, like, so freshman year, I didn't really break as much as I wanted to break. And sophomore year got a little easier. But then, you know, you just find hobbies. Like, you're in college. You're discovering yourself. You're discovering new things. Right. And I think maybe junior, senior year, I probably also kind of fell off a bit. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you've kept way past college. Like, yeah. You're still breaking now and to a pretty good level. I mean, you just judged Boba Battles, man. Yeah, shout out to Boba Battles. Yeah. Why Rock Lily? Shout out. No, they're doing something great out there. And also, I mean, you're just, you're a very consistent guy. When you just watch yourself perform, I could see the years of experience. Appreciate that. And um, the, another thing that I wanted to bring up was like, when you talk about breaking, when you talk about... Um, your career path, because essentially what you are is a designer in every medium, I guess, even print, not as you mentioned. Um, how do those things even align? I see what you're doing. I mean, that's a, <laughs> it's a fair question. So, um, actually, what's the question again? I kind of got lost in thought. How do you? How does a how does a designer end up in breaking? And is there even any similarity in that? Like, oh, um, I mean, to be honest, not necessarily. Right. Um, a lot of designers don't break. Actually, I don't know a lot of designers that do break. I know a couple. I'm not saying I don't know any. I obviously know a couple. But, like, every job I've worked at, I was the B-boy. I was like, yo, he breaks. You know, I was like, yo, Felix break dances. But Even, like, hip-hop culture in general, it seems kind of night and day. That's not so true. Really? Yeah, like I've definitely been around a lot of hip hop heads in okay. the design industry, especially when I was at Special Ops Media. This one cat, this guy uh, Chaz, 
His name was Charles Reen, but everyone calls him Chaz. I know. Cool last cool name, name, right? Damn, you're just um, And it. my homie Fonz. Fonz. Uh, yeah, and I still got, you know, if I'm if I'm doing this, I just got to give a shout out to everyone at Spec Ops. Um, I just said Jesse, Joe, Sam. Me and Sam have great stories. You know, NC, Fonz. I mean, it, it's like sitcom names. <laughs> it was a fucking sitcom. Like, the, the fucking office was dope. Like, Anyways, you know, Fonz and, and Chaz were, were hip-hop heads, like, to a fucking T. Like, they taught me shit. Oh, wow. Absolutely. Um, and fantastic designers. Like, like, fantastic. Like, Fonz Alfonso, he's at Netflix right now. Uh, I think, Whoa. yeah, he's killing it at Netflix. Um, Chaz, I want to say he's at RGA. I don't know. Like, that was the last time I talked to him. It's a big-ass agency in New York. Okay. So, you know, these guys are fucking phenomenal designers. So, hip-hop and design... It's not so much that doesn't go together, but when you get into like the more nuances of hip hop, like specifically, like breaking, yeah, that's when it kind of falls off. Well, I was leading you to this point where I have a personal theory that uh, in the breaking world specifically, I would say that we need more visual designers and people that understand what a good flyer would look like or what a good website would look like. Because for a very long time, I grew up in the era where there was either great flyers or there was terrible flyers. You had no in-between. Yeah. And luckily, I think here in San Diego, I could name a few events that had really good flyers. But I've seen a lot of stuff circulating online where it's, I'm, I look at it once and I'm like, this doesn't look like it was proofed. Like they just kind of threw it all together and they were like, this is it. This is my event. And I have another firm belief that your flyer is everybody's first introduction to your event. Yeah. The way your flyer looks will give off the entire feel of the event, whether you like it or not. So I've never had someone that was experienced with design before. So what I was essentially leading you to is like, do you believe that there's a the connection? Because that's some that's just a personal theory I've had. I don't know the science behind it. I have no clue if there's any research behind it. But based on what your promotional materials are, you develop a feel. And I feel like that's what miss, is missing a lot of the times in the breaking community. Because some of the dopest events I've been to have had terrible flyers. And when I look at your site break connect this is the first time we've mentioned it on the podcast yeah, well, look at yeah, site, yeah. it's it's very good it's quality stuff it's clean it looks like it has a cohesive theme to it which is something that i don't see very often so that i can tell that you put like a lot of detailed attention into the stuff that some people would consider doesn't really matter so what i'm like what i'm finally what i what i want to ask you is based on what you just told me based on your answer saying that those two things do go hand in hand did you ever see yourself using your career path to benefit hip-hop in general uh i mean obviously eventually i did but when i was starting off no because a lot of people don't like to mix work and you know personal pleasure you know? yeah so yeah. so here's the thing i always wanted to figure out a way to do that right and all right so when i was living in new york you know i had a longtime girlfriend okay um and I had this amazing, like, job that was my career and, like, the, these great group of friends. Like, I was life. able to... What's up? You were living the life. I was living the life, dude. Like, I discovered the delivery service, which in New York City at the time was fucking huge. And when I say delivery service, I mean marijuana. Okay. Delivering marijuana. You know, I think the first time you, you hear about it is, like, on Half-Baked, where he talks about, like, you know, the delivery service. Um... 
that shit was like an urban legend until my fucking homie put me onto it. Because the only way you can get to, to know about it is you have to know somebody that's already in it. It's like Fight Club. Sure. And they have to <laughs> refer you. And they that referral is how you get in. Right. So, you know, like I had we on demand essentially. Like I had my own place with, with, my, with the girl. I had this great job. I was like, fuck it. I don't need to think about anything else. Everything is like handled for me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's a very sitcom life up to this point. More or less. Yeah. I feel like it gets more sitcom at some point, but um, but the point is, you know, it, it, eventually there's that next level. You know, I did the thing that I wanted to do. I got the job that I wanted to be at. Right. Boom. And that was great for about two and a half years. And then I was like, shit, what do I want next? I didn't know. And I think that's that's the hardest thing to experience is not knowing. I was very content. Very content, very happy with where I was at. Mm-hmm. But I also didn't necessarily see what was next. And that's not a bad thing, but I also didn't know what I wanted next. Especially because you've said that you're someone that always wants to improve. Right. So, you know, things at my job were becoming kind of stagnant. Gotcha. Um, you know, things were my girl, the whole shit or get off the pot situation was happening and I didn't know what I wanted. Oh, that's rough. Yeah. Very sitcom situation. Yeah, I put her through some shit. Um, oh, man. She's good now, though. She's good now, you know. Shout out to your ex, man. Shout out to my, shout out to Kelly. <laughs> if she hears this, she's, she's doing great. Um, so, and I was like fucking like perplexed as fuck. Like I, I, I felt stuck. I felt like I, I was in a weird place, but it wasn't a bad place. That's the thing. Right. It was not a bad place at all. If anything, it was a pretty great fucking place. On paper, that's what a lot of people strive for. Um, day day. Yeah. But I just, you know, didn't know what was going on with me. Right. So I did what any person in my situation would do. I moved to South America. Yo, whoa, whoa. <laughs> not where I thought that was going, but that was not, yeah, I, okay. South America? I thought you did your homework. Well, not not my South American homework, clearly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I moved to Buenos Aires. Okay. Um, I basically, long story short, my homie Danny, um, he hits me up one day and he's like, hey, I'm going to move to Buenos Aires. You want to come with me? And I was like, oh, I don't know, man. You know, I, I, I've got this life here. I don't know if I can just kind of pick up and go. And then I think it took me about a week to be like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah, I'll go, I'm going to go to South America. This, this is like the spinoff to the sitcom, right? Yeah, yeah. Felix goes to South America. Felix goes to South America. Yeah. So I go to South America and you've, at this point you've graduated from college you're... i've graduated from college i've been like employed you know working for this company for like plus two years okay um and it's 2009 it's oh, 2009 wow. now yeah so it's three years later that's when i started breaking just wow. so i can date myself yeah you just dated me <laughs> <laughs> so i moved to south america uh-huh. um and you know it wasn't easy and it wasn't hard it was just kind of like a huge culture shift um is but it spanish was good no i had no spanish is your spanish good now yeah yeah no here we go <laughs> this is the spanish part of the podcast <laughs> so um long story short like uh, my homie was already there with another homie of ours so i kind of just all i had to do was show up mm-hmm. and i did and they took me to this uh club um, called Club Lost. 
club Boston. In Buenos Aires, in Palermo, in Buenos Aires. Very symbolic. Yeah. Very stage of life. Right? <laughs> and it was their hip-hop night. Every Thursday was hip-hop night. They're like, oh, we know where to take you. Because at this club, there's b-boys there. You know, break dancers. There was any break dancers there. Like, um, so you're going to go there so you can, you know, dance. And in my head, I'm like, dope. I can meet these people. I can find out where to practice. Mm-hmm. I can, like, these will be my friends. Okay. And, yeah, sure enough, that's exactly what happens. They take me there. By the way, so in Buenos Aires, like, um, people go out at 3 a.m. Oh, that's when the night starts. That's when the night starts. Interesting. So what the club does is it lets all the dancers in for free at 12. From midnight to 3 a.m., people, like, the B-boys get in for free. And it's actually, we have, like, this big space to just break. And as the club fills up with, like, uh, regulars, you know, yeah. People that are just there to drink and kind of like while out, yeah. they're just watching. And so we're their entertainment, essentially. We're there to make them be like, oh, ooh, ah, that's cool. And then at like 2.55, uh, these uh, Cielo, Machi, uh, Goro, like the, these group of dancers, um, they put on like a quick routine. Okay. As soon as the routine drops... The DJ plays some like new Ludacris track, and that's it. Breaking is over. Now it's like club time. You can and break to Ludacris. You could, but basically the floor gets flooded with everyone. Oh, the normies, the not normies. the breakers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's what happened. So like, I basically was able to just get into there, into the scene there, you know. And it was dope. It was fucking dope, man. Like I met, I went to Brazil with these people. I went to Sao Paulo. You know, I I went to travel around Argentina. Like, I got invited to judge an event. Boba Battles? <laughs> before Boba Battles. <laughs> and for me, that was crazy because I'm like, I'm nobody. You know, like... I don't know why you still think that, but that's a different topic. Um, But, you know, you, you need a little self-deprecation. That's true. To keep yourself humble. Right, yeah. I mean, your story is pretty, pretty good so far. This is not what I was it, expecting from the podcast. So... And there was just, like, all this stuff about, you know, the way Argentina worked in general. Mm-hmm. Like, it was the city that somehow does. That's how I look at it. Because there was a lot of shit about it that you're like, I don't know how the city functions and prospers because there's a lot of shit that shouldn't work. Right. But it does. Uh, an example of that is they had buses called colectivos. Mm-hmm. And the way you got around is you had this book. It was like, you know, you can't, obviously, people can't see, but it was this thick. Okay. Right? Yeah. Maybe, what is that, like a quarter of an inch? Maybe the third? That's like a young adult chapter book right there. Cool. Yeah. A young adult chapter thick book. And basically, you find out where you are. You, you have to, like, go to the index, see, okay, I'm on this street. and uh, Okay, boom. Which is this bus line. So you have to go here on one page. Then you see that the page keeps going. And then it's continued, like, ten pages later. So it's not on the next page. You have to skip 10 pages to continue the route. Okay. Makes no fucking sense. And then you... That's how you knew the route? That's how you got around. Interesting. Um, There was also a coin shortage. Oh. When I was there. Is is there currency mainly coins or do they have... No, they they have like like paper dollars and everything. But the reason that the coin shortage was important because that's how you got around on the buses. Oh, shit. Yeah. There wasn't a card. There wasn't like a really a metro card. Well, there was a subway that you could essentially use, but... For the bus specifically, it was all coins. Interesting. Yeah. This was 2009? Yeah, to 2010. Interesting. Yeah. And you only lived there for a year? A little on give or take a year, yeah. And you went back to New York? So, yeah. And then 
Long story short, me and my ex ended up getting back together. Very sitcom-y, man. <laughs> Who's writing the script for your life? They're pretty good. I don't know. They got a sick sense of humor, though. <laughs> I came back to New York. I ended up freelancing from the job that I left. Um, and again, I was living the life. You just picked up where you left off. Long story short. A lot of people don't get that luxury. That's crazy. I've had a pretty luxurious set of instances in my life happened to me i'm not gonna you know deny that right and i'm also you know i did those things that for that to happen right yeah you put it you work you work hard man you can hear it yeah based on your story um so yeah come back and funny enough when i came back is actually when i met my current crew uh brooklyn, brooklyn zoo. zoo yeah yeah did my research um so my, my friend vince um he and i used to practice together like before i went to argentina he was like, yo, I met these guys, Brooklyn Zoo. Like, they're super cool people. You should come practice with us. So I practiced with them. And I was like, oh, my God. These guys are so fucking nice. <laughs> like, they are so nice. These are the nicest people you'll ever meet, hands down. Quick shout-out to Brooklyn Zoo. Shout-out to Oreo. Shout-out to Los. Tiff, Kane, JP, Greg, Josh, um, Jose. Fuck, man, if I forget anyone, I'm sorry. That's a big crew. I feel like I got to look in our group chat to me. Oh, Brawley. Shout out to Brawley. What's up? Are they still active? I mean, Oreo's obviously still active. Um, I think Greg practices every now and then. Tiff. You know, Tiff DJs. She kills it on on the, you know, DJing and whatnot. Anyways, so long story short, like, I meet up with them, Mm -hmm. and then I realize how amazing they are, and they take me in. Like, that's the thing. Like, they fucking take me in. Like, yo, you're cool people. It's like... I started hanging out with them at the same time um, is when I kind of like started hanging out with this guy Diego and Cyclone and Richie Rich Um, so then they're Step Fiends so I'm hanging out with the Step Fiends guys and I hang out with like the Brooklyn Zoo and dude you know for me 2010, 2011 was just like the fucking tops don't say you peaked no I didn't say I peaked I'm just saying it was fucking dope that was the best time Um, you know again at this time I'm also (laughs) single now because it was one of those things where I'm like, I loved my girl, you know, like I did. I just didn't know if I wanted what she wanted. And that right. was on me. Yeah, fair point. You know what I'm saying? So now again, I'm single. Uh, I'm living with my friend Tashan. Again, somebody, another designer who actually breaks. Okay. Right? I'm starting to see these connections, yeah. Um, uh, and I'm having the fucking illest year. I'm talking like, I'll put it, put it to you this way. All the fun things a single guy could do in New York City, I think I did. In 2010, 2011? Yeah. Okay. I had a fucking blast. Wow. Yeah. I was breaking. I was freelancing. I was working for myself. I was working from home, which I know now sounds like big deal. But at the time, no, it that, was a big yeah. fucking deal because that was a goal of mine, actually. Funny enough, one of my goals when I came back was like, you know what? I don't want to work in an office anymore. I want to work from home. And somehow that happened. I mean, Damn. So, just like every sitcom would go, there's got to be a plot twist somewhere. Yeah. uh, Eventually, I got tired of New York City, and I decided I want to move to San Diego. Literally the complete opposite. You just (laughs) flipped it. Okay. So, I've been to San Diego before. My buddy Gus, the one that I grew up breaking with. Gus is everywhere. Yeah. Florida, he, San Diego, what a man. What so, a also, let me know how we're on time, because I know I'm kind of, like, taking up no, a large... Good. No, you're good. I think you're you're kind of covering the questions I had asked that would, I was going to ask you just naturally, which is good. That's how you want a podcast to flow. Tight, tight. You're cool, yeah. And if you feel like you... I don't want to, like, 
No, don't worry. I'll navigate you if you need it. But so far, you're covering all the bases. I don't got to do anything. Bet. So, like, I visited Gus in San Diego. So when we graduated college, like high school, I went to college in New York. He joined the Marines. Okay. Um, and, you know, shout out to our people that serve. Memorial Day just passed, yeah. Yep, shout yep. Out. And uh, so Gus was in San Diego, so I was like, you know, I went to visit him a couple times. And every time I came out, I'm like, yo, this it's so nice out here, you know? It's fucking San Diego. It's it so is. nice out here. And I think I was getting burnt out in New York. Okay. I mean, granted, I was doing that to myself. I was out all the time. I was heavily, heavily smoking marijuana, you know? Because here's the thing, like, I just had all this freedom all of a sudden. Like, I was single. I was basically, like, you know, I was living with my fucking homie. Right. I had a backyard that I could train in. Sounds like the bachelor life. It was the bachelor life. And I'm in my 20s. Right. Late 20s, but still 20s. Still 20s. Doesn't matter. And, you know, I was just like, shit, I can do whatever the fuck I want. And there's a point where you can kind of hurt yourself doing that too much. And I was kind of reaching that. Okay. I was, like I said, I was getting burnt out. Gotcha. And I was like... What's next for me? For some reason, I was like, you know, San Diego. I think I'm going to move to San Diego. So I hit up my boy Gus. I'm like, yo, uh, you want a roommate? He's like, uh, you know, yeah, fuck it, why not? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I know, like, him and his girl were going through some shit and looked like they were going to split. Um, and you really banked on that, huh? Lucky, like, <laughs> lucky worked out. <laughs> and... Yeah, uh, I basically said, okay, I'm going to have the best summer in New York in 2011, and then in October, I'm going to move to San Diego. Okay. So, October comes, uh, I have my going away party, which was fucking dope. It was in the my it was in my apartment in Brooklyn in the backyard. We had a barbecue. The season finale. Of Yo, the New York season, it was yeah. it was it was sick. It was a season fucking finale. <laughs> it was the season fucking finale, and the beginning of the next season was the road trip. Okay. So, so I drove, drove across the country. Yeah, I drove across the country. I drove from New York to San Diego, and this is where the birth of Break Connect happens. Whoa, this is it. We've reached it. Boom. Right. Well, okay, but. But before you get there, yes. Well, actually, no way. You continue. You no, no, continue. No, no. Okay. I'll, I'll interject right. when I need to. So, I was very blessed with being able to, like, first of all, I want to give a shout out to my boy Ryan. He was my uh, partner on this drive. Now, now, granted, he couldn't actually do any driving because the car was a stick shift, <laughs> and he didn't have a license. <laughs> he's he, he's like a New York kid. Like he's from Queens, you know, Jamaica Queens. Like he, you don't necessarily learn how to drive. If you're living in New York City. At the subway. Exactly. But I was like, listen, you don't have to drive, but you got to keep my ass awake and entertained. That's a tough task, depending yeah. on who you ask. And I had friends that were able to talk to other friends that lived in different part of the country mm -hmm. to put me up. Not all the time, but a good portion of my time was definitely spent on people's couches or somebody had an extra room or something like that. You know, like, um, like I went to Atlanta Stayed at my friend's, at the time, girlfriend's friend's house. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to say her name was Sophie. Or Sophia? <laughs> Fuck. Shout out to like, Sophie or Sophia. <laughs> you know, she let us crash in Atlanta, and I fucking, like, love Atlanta. 
I know a lot of people are like, we know why you love Atlanta. You don't know why I love Atlanta, but that's actually one of the reasons why I love Atlanta. The inside joke. The inside joke. People that are going to hear this are going to understand. Okay. Um, yeah, Atlanta was fucking dope. It reminded me like a smaller version of Brooklyn. I've heard um, a lot of good things about Atlanta. Yeah, man, like it's it's fun. Great music scene. Like honestly, like I love the fucking I've radio. That. I've heard that. Love the radio. Love the little clubs. Um, it was fun. Then we went to Texas. I was in Houston. Um, I was in Austin. Uh, you know, in Vegas. Uh, my boy Richie Rich. He put me down. He put me on to his uh, homie Rock. Um, and so I stayed with him for a couple of days when Vegas I was in Vegas. Guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, eventually I got to San Diego. So. The reason that I say this was the birth of Break Connect was because the whole time I was there, like doing this road trip, which was almost like two weeks, mm -hmm. you know, we took our time, couldn't find anyone to really practice with. Interesting. Couldn't even when I was in Vegas, I wouldn't, I didn't practice with those guys. Oh, that seemed like the obvious choice. I practiced in Rock's apartment okay. by myself. Oh, that's extra sad. Even it wasn't sad, like, like for me. Apartment, and he didn't even practice. Well, because the thing is, like, yo, listen, I'm coming in, I'm intruding on this guy's space. Obviously, they got shit to do. You know, they're right, they're right. rehearsing for Jabberwockies. They got a show. I'm not just gonna be like, yo, where's the practice spot? Can I go practice with you guys? You know, what I'm saying that's not my place. Right. I was happy that I had a place to stay. Okay. You know, what I'm saying like this. By the way, shout out to Rod for being super fucking hospitable. You know, the guy's a fucking gem. And. You know, like they, he invited me to go out with them, so we got to party with them and whatnot. I still got to, I got to break with them. I didn't get to practice with them, but like when they were breaking, I'm like, oh shit, I'm, I'm getting down. That's your time. Okay. Um. So yeah, and I was kind of like, I feel like something like this should exist, and honestly, that's what Break Connect started as, a practice finder. Early stages, Break Connect was a practice finder. In my head, that's what it was gonna be. Well, I mean, that could have also been really useful, but it's it will actually. It will be. It's future feature. Okay. Oh, future feature. We get the preview right here on the podcast. Okay. Well, this is where I was about to interject because right now Break Connect seems like it's going to be way bigger than I think I had originally imagined it to be. Because when you first pitched me the idea, I was down to support, but I didn't know like the reach. But now that like the more that I think about it, and I actually I did everything you asked me to do prior to this podcast. I had an hour or two after work, so I killed it. I created, on, my, I created my organization. It doesn't take an hour to create an organization. No, well, I was also doing my research on you just to finalize the touches, you know? But I created the organization. I edited my profile picture. I was looking through some stuff. I got some notes for you. But other than that, I'm just, I look at it and I'm like, damn, like this could be it. This could be the platform. We wouldn't need anything else. No, shout out to UDEF. UDEF has done a lot for the community. They've set a good standard for what a, a sponsored event should look like. That being said, their past website was atrocious. Well, hold on. Shout out to you, Def, for working with BreakConnect. That true. That too. That too. We're, we're not hitting that point yet. But one of the big things, because I feel like we could talk about your life story forever, and I'm actually really entertained. Um, <laughs> you just Your life sounds like a sitcom, man. But um, you came to San Diego. You connected with the local scene, Eddie Styles, you know, those guys. And uh, you became part of a project that was also very community-focused, but completely different than what Break Connect is. You were part of the complex. Yes. Yes. And that was, to a lot of people, that was the spot. Like, it was so, it was the most hip-hop spot that I think we had. Hip-hop, air quotes, right? Because it was concrete. It was underground. Literally underground. underground. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, 
the vibe was just unmatched. Like practicing there hurt my head every single time. Cause like if you crashed, it hurt. Yup. But the footage was dope. Like the vibe was just it was it was just a completely different spot than anything we've had here in San Diego. And you were part of that. Yeah. So how how did that come to be? How did your involvement in that situation come to be? And how did that play a part in what Break Connect is now? So, um, God, how did I get involved with that? Because honestly, I can't even really remember. I was, I felt like I was just like a silent partner. But long story short, well, you taught classes there. Oh my God! Don't remind me. <laughs> I'm a terrible fucking teacher. <laughs> um. So. What happened was, I think, I can't remember if it was like Eddie or Rocks that I talked to, mm -hmm. but they were looking for people to kind of just put money into it. Okay. And um, it was like Kenny Maxey, mm -hmm. um, Rocks Right, Cross, Aeronetic. Aeronetic, Lancer? I know Lancer taught there too. At he point. did. So I want to say Lancer. I mean, there was there was more of us. There was like six or seven seven of us. I think Eddie Styles. Listen, honestly, I, I can't really remember. Right. But long story short, I'm like, okay, if all I got to do is put some money into this, that's cool. I can do that. That's fine. And then I just did some. I designed some like flyers for them. Whenever we had like a teacher do a workshop, I would be like the flyer guy. You see, you beat me to it already. That was going to be one of my questions. Oh. Because I saw some of the flyers and I was like, these are pretty good flyers. Again, like I said, I think the dance community in general needs some designers. But I've seen previous class flyers for other studios elsewhere. And I like the ones for the Complex. The Complex had a lot going for it. I'm actually sad that that project did not continue. Yeah. But um, one of the things was, like, the branding. The branding was clean all around. Yeah. So that's actually got nothing to do. Like, so Cross uh, knew someone that actually did the, like, put the, the like the, the, the wall logo yeah the wall logo and yeah. that became the branding gotcha and so shout out to cross for putting that together um and i i don't know who the guy that did it was but it was pretty dope like you know that shit looked nice yeah no it did that was the spot man i'm telling you and and i that's how i think i finally got to know who you were because i had seen you at the complex multiple times when i practiced and uh i I actually did not know you taught classes there, but it's somewhere on the internet. Your class it is. flyer. Oh, God. Intermediate breaking, man. I can't wait to take your class soon. Listen, um. I don't know how to teach breaking. Okay. <laughs> well, hey, at least you tried it, man. That's one of the episodes for that sitcom of a life that you've got going on. But, okay, we went there. We connected that, that dot. And unfortunately, uh, the complex did not survive past yeah. 2016. 2015 yeah 20 i think it it went it was in 2015 it lasted for a while I, I don't remember when that gym closed down okay yeah but basically like it didn't last past 2015 yeah maybe didn't finish 2015 okay gotcha 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 well that's that's a big i mean regardless of what your involvement was like you're you contributed to a project that really helped the community in a lot of ways um and I think that also indirectly set like a predecessor for Break Connect because what you're doing now could potentially, and I'm saying potentially because I see the potential in it, but it hasn't officially been integrated everywhere that it can be yet. Yeah. But you could, this could be like the actual, this is what UDEF wanted when I think they created their original site. Yeah. Like a big network essentially between events that is essentially carried by breakers. Wherever you travel, Break Connect will follow. And that's what makes me so hyped because 
if I wanted to, hypothetically through your platform, I could track someone's breaking journey. Yeah. I love that you said that because that's what I always say. That's what, that's yeah. what I'm saying. And I was like realizing that when I first, when you first pitched it to me, you sounded like a madman. And you did, <laughs> you did this at practice and I was like, I was here, I was hearing, but I wasn't listening. And then you were like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Can I just shut this guy <laughs> the fuck up? <laughs> but then you presented me with like a prototype site and I, I navigated it. I gave you some notes and I was like, oh, this is crazy. This is looking pretty good. But the way it is now, even though it's not officially integrated, it looks very clean. And it's it's got features that I think I would want would have wanted as a younger breaker. Like now, even though I travel more now, like I don't really care about my stats that much. Um, but there's people like, for example, Eddie wants to track his wins. Even though he's had a long history, he has no accountability like for his wins besides his memory. Someone could start breaking today, going. tomorrow. And they could like cite all of their wins now. Yeah. And that's so crazy to me. And like for example, if I wanted to set up a tournament under Break NG that just crossed all state lines. Yeah, with different could, promoters. With different promoters, I could do that. That's something that I kinda had started with Brian Lim from uh the flavor continues. And unfortunately his event hasn't happened yet, but when it does, I'm gonna have him use Break Connect. I fucking hope so. No, I, I have to at yeah. this point. Um but basically what I was saying is that this could potentially be the future of something. And the breaking community is at right now, if, if the breaking community was crypto, a lot of people would invest now because the Olympics are coming. And not only that, like Red Bull just seems to be improving their production and their reach every single year. Like the, whether we like it or not, breaking is becoming a little bit more mainstream as the years go on. So this is the time to get into something. And the complex was a very local thing. This is something that a lot of people hold near and dear, but a lot of people outside of San Diego had no clue that existed. But this could be a potentially, I, I keep using this word, potentially it could be like a very national and international level thing. Yes. The goal is for it to be international. Um, was that always your goal? That was, that's always my goal. That's the reason that it's actually um, a responsive website as opposed to an app. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, one thing that I kind of like, you know, experienced uh, traveling to, to Europe uh, you know, like when I went to Outbreak, uh, when I went to Yalta, was that not everyone has an iPhone. That's true. That's very you know what I'm true. saying? A lot of people actually popular. don't have an iPhone. Yeah. No, it's, that's really true. That I didn't realize that until I left the United States. Yeah. And the other thing is, I also was like, it needs to have a, like, web presence because, you know, creating an event, creating an organization, while it is very doable on your phone, it's much easier to do it on your desktop. Yeah. And there was a lot of trailblazers for this project. B-Boy World existed. There was and they, forums. Yeah. That, so that's actually... Glad you brought up forums. Yeah. So here's the thing. What you cannot do on Break Connect is interact. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, like, add friends or anything. Nope. No. You can, only, you can invite people to stuff. You can invite... Yeah, you can invite someone to judge an event. You can yeah. invite your... You, if you want to battle with someone, you can invite them to battle with yep. you. You know, like, that shit's all automated. You can't talk to them. That's true. You can't talk to them. You can't talk shit. You can't talk about anyone. If you want to do that, you have a couple options. You can add them on their socials. You can, yeah, do that on their socials. Or, and this is kind of the reason that I have people showing what events they're going to, is go to the event that they're going to be at and call them out. Oh, yeah. Because those forums back in the day, I, I caught the tail end of the forums. Oh, they were so bad. They, they were, were really so bad. But they were entertaining. I know yeah. they were so entertaining. I remember I, I had an account. I'm not gonna. It was not Elprod. I had a different name back then. But I would look through them and I'd be like, oh my god. And then there was links. People would link like battles and stuff. Man, crazy times. And then like there would be like threads like B-Boy Music 
2010 updated and just like 45,000 songs and that, that's how I would get my songs my like the tracks that they played at jams I would look through play it on YouTube and if it was the right one I would download it off some alternate site yep like mp3 shark or something like that that was it that was the time but I, that's something I did notice too like there's no like you mentioned there's no way to like socialize on break connect it's very business centered like it's we're meant utility. to do business here yeah and yeah. I like that because some like that's another thing like breaking kind of lacks professionalism in a lot of communities and like I said right now like we're trending upwards but unfortunately right now we're not at the point that we can be but this is that step man this is that thing that could connect everybody and if someone from the outside looking in looked at this site they'd be like oh this is interesting I didn't know breaking was so formal yeah and I think you know it's it's formal and fun like that's the thing like I realized I needed to create something that had value Mm. that that people used yeah you know what i'm saying it's like i i look at what b-boy world had and all i see is like oh my god the potential potential the fucking potential that it had and just gone yeah you know what i'm saying yeah that's true and i see the potential that break connect has and all i can think about is how do i make sure it happens right that's it like that's all i fucking think about that's all i want to do so you know to for me to have the opportunity to work with udef which is the biggest uh north american yeah platform right now for breaking you know next to freestyle session well funny enough freestyle session and udef hand in hand right yeah yeah good yeah. point yeah um you know like i was like okay cool i have a fucking i have an amazing goal i have an amazing goal to accomplish so that's kind of like where i'm at now and i mean you're working towards it yeah but maybe i don't know if this if i'm allowed to to ask you this question but when do you imagine that they would be officially integrated because a few test events have been on there like up and come roads on there both battles is on there but like when when is when do we get the real launch? When do we have the launch party for this event? So long story short, it's actually going to be a lot sooner than you think. Really? Um, so I don't know if you use the the staging dev site to create your organization or the live site. I use the live site. Boom. So the live site's done. Yeah. Well, I mean, like that part of it is done. There's still there's still <laughs> plenty more shit that I'm actually going to do. Um, and the UDev website has actually been designed and developed. Okay. Um, I just need to. That's not live yet, right? That's not live yet. Okay. But okay. long story short. Um, all that has to happen is we need to kind of like take the myudef.org, the you know the website name, connect it to a server, put the website on it, and then udef has to just create an organization. Basically, it's pretty close. It's 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 not as far as people think it is to well, get that initial feature on. The timeline right now is ideal because events are essentially just just starting up again. Yeah, you're catching that. That second wind, I guess, or I guess not even a second wind, that rebirth uh, post-pandemic, mm -hmm. which is ideal because everybody's going, more people than usual are going out to events. And yeah. you can just see that even at the local level. So you got to be at every event asking them to sign up with Break Connect. I mean, I literally did that last week. You did, you did, yeah. And there was people that were like, oh man, this is so hard. This is so complicated. But it's actually really not. And that's, that's one thing that I also liked about it. Like, it's really easy to understand. Yeah, so I think... What people were like, this is so hard, this is so complicated, was they said that before they actually got onto the site. Right. For them, I was like, oh, I got to sign up. Can't I just write my name down? It's like, 
this is the part that I'm like, all right, guys, we want better shit. Let's take some fucking accountability. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get it. You don't want to create an account because it's, and I'm I'm calling this person out right now because Nikki Q. I love you, Nikki Q. You know, this, he's a great dude. I literally had to create an account for this dude just so we would sign up because, you know, like, but the thing is, and I, that's how we know. That's what we know that's to true. do. You know, we're so set in the ways of how things have been. That's true. That, you know, when we, we think of like creating a profile and doing all this shit, like we think to the days where we had to essentially do that shit like every single time, every single time, which means, okay, hey guys, remember to sign up on blah, blah, blah. Before you get to the event. And then you get to the event. Okay, you still got to do it again. That was Facebook events for a while. Facebook events. Even, you know, UDEF had that shit going on. Yeah, uh, did. For, uh, and it was kind of like, in my head, I'm like, well, what if you just sign up once, and then you press the button, and you're done? And then you so after in. you sign up the first time, for the, for example, the next bubble battle that happens, if you're ready, a member on BreakConnect, you don't have to do all that shit again. You can just sign up on the thing. Yeah. You yeah. get a ticket, and you register for the battle, and that's it. Yep. And then you show up. And you check in. Simple. There's nothing else. So right now there is a live site where people listening to this podcast could go on and create an account, right? Yes. Interesting. Breakconnect.com, connect with a K. Connect B-R-E-A-K-K-O-N-N-E-C-T.com. It's hard to miss it. His handsome face is on there. Just first thing you see. And it's, you were breaking at the complex. Yes, that was yeah, a, yeah, a lot of those photos tied, from the man. complex. It's all tied. And then there's a section on there. Where it says Kermit face and it's your face. <laughs> Muppet face. Muppet face, yeah. Well, that's, uh, I think that's like on the dev site, on the staging site. It's on the live site. Huh? Yeah, it's an Easter egg, guys. Go find it. Oh, shit. I gotta go find this. <laughs> um, but okay. And, and the, I just, we're almost there. We're almost hitting that. I mean, we already hit so many sweet spots. I can already think of so many sound bites. But um, the one thing I wanted to ask you is, how far do you want this to go? How far do you see it going? Oh. And what is your end goal with the Break Connect? I don't know if I necessarily have an end goal because I have so many other goals that I need to like accomplish. Oh. Okay, so, well, I guess it's not totally true. Like, my end goal for this is to create a community okay. that grows from the inside out. What do I mean by that? Basically, I'm trying to create a black hole. A really small black hole at first. That sucks everything in. I know, I know. You're, you're good like, what the fuck are you saying? Let me explain. I need the community to sign off on this. Right. I need everyone that's part of Breaking Culture to be like, to be a part of this. Because that's it. Like, the, the, you know, this is who it's for. Right. And this is who's going to make it. That's true. Right? When everyone signs off on this, when everyone that's like in breaking is using Break Connect, that's going to attract everyone else on the outside. That's true. That's yeah. going to bring them in. Yeah. Especially if your logo's on many flyers moving forward. Yeah. And here's the other thing. When it starts bringing everyone else in, people are going to want to know about, yo, who are these heavy hitters? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's going to be kids uh, kids asking about it. Parents of kids asking about it. Yeah. Then, then, because this is kind of like, you know, like, this is what I'm saying. Why This is what I'm saying when I say it's for the breakers. Because I want the recognition that some of these people deserve to be given to them. 
Because when you look at someone like Rox, right, you should look at them the same way you look at MJ, Michael Jordan. Whoa. When you look at someone like Vicious Vic, like like Zeku, you know, like um, talented, accomplished, like workers. logistics. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You should look at them the same way you look at Simone Biles. You should look at them the same way you look at like a fucking Wayne Gretzky. Naomi Osaka. Naomi Osaka. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's my goal. Nice. My goal is to get them that kind of recognition and then get them paid. Whoa. Now, in turn, obviously, I'm making sure I'm getting paid, too. Right. Hopefully. No lie. This isn't fucking philanthropy. <laughs> but my point is, like, there's a way to do both. There's right. a way to make sure everybody fucking eats. That's true. I could not agree more. And the only way I could really think of to do that is to create something useful. Welcome to Break Connect. Welcome to Break Connect. Right there. Wow. That was Shark Tank-esque. Well, okay, that, I, I feel like that was enough of a sales pitch for Break Connect. I don't want to overdo it. That was great. Um, but I think before we close out the podcast, I ask everybody the same question, and you're no different. Um, you've kind of talked a lot about your journey. You've talked a lot about your projects, and you're a very accomplished person. Um, off the floor, on the floor, like you've judged in places that I've never judged before <laughs> or competed before. Um, but most importantly, you're someone that seems like you have a lot of life experience. So this question, I think, is very valuable. If you could give one piece of advice to someone that wanted to start something new, whether it's for their community or just for themselves, because you've had a lot of those moments yourself as well, what would that piece of advice be? Don't worry about the how. Figure out the what. Nice. That was it. That was clean. That's it. There's no explanation needed. Um, okay, shit. This was actually a really entertaining podcast. Your Yo, life is a sitcom, I, dude. <laughs> Um, but before we go, you know, at, all, after going through the highs and lows of your life, uh, you plugged a lot of people along the way, but is there any formal plugs that you'd like to make before we go? Um, I mean, you know, breakconnect.com, uh, Instagram at break, shit, let me check what the Instagram is. Cause honestly, like I don't really use Instagram for break connect and I know I should start. You should start. I'm just not very good at it. Um, okay. Break underscore connect.com. Connect with a K. Um, there's a dot .com in that username? Shit, no, there's not a dot .com in the username. <laughs> it's at break underscore connect. Connect with a K. Breakconnect.com. Create a profile. We're having, um, you know, creating a lot more features that are coming in. Uh, you know, we just lost, we just got the organization feature in there. You know, Breaking like... Breaking G's in there. Breaking G's in there. Um, UDEF's going to be in there. Boba Battles are in there. Um... You Your know, next event will probably be on there. Yeah. If you seek it, it will make it happen. That's what's up. That's what's up. Uh, I'm going to be doing works like there are. There's a section for workshops with four very specific people. I've seen them. Shout out to Poe One. Shout out to Intact. Shout out to Logistics. Shout out to Roxwright. You know, those workshops will happen. Um, it's just I've been focusing very much on the utility before I focus on those pieces. Um yeah, and, you know, there's there's a lot more stuff coming that I'm super, super excited about, and I can't wait. You know, you just guys have to be a little patient with me because it is basically me. Yeah. I'm yeah. designing this. I'm working with some amazing developers in Russia. Um, but, you know. Shout out to Russia. Shout man. out to. A lot of good products. Yo, shout out to the dev team. The dev team, you know. Like, just want to give them a quick shout out as well because. They make it happen. These guys are making it happen. Shout out to Vitaly. 
And they work fast, too. I remember I gave you notes in the next two days that were ready to go Yeah, live. yeah. Um, well, funny enough, like, remember the map idea? Yeah. That's going to be implemented eventually. Like, that's in the designs now. We have it on record that it was my idea. So if that's what gets you paid... I didn't say that. I want 50 I cents. I said you said something. I want 50 cents of every dollar that you make. <laughs> um, well, aside from that, we're also going to go ahead and plug... Uh, UDEF coming up. They've got a lot of events, and you'll probably see them all on BreakConnect, hopefully. So BreakConnect is tied to all of your biggest events happening this year. I know BreakNG is going to be 100% on BreakConnect with everything that we've got moving forward. But not only that, uh, we're plugging Felix. This guy's such a good guy, and he knows how to party. He knows how to have a good time. But most importantly, he's got a really interesting life story. Um, to everybody listening at home, this was Felix. This was El Oso. This was Bear for representing Brooklyn Zoo, representing Russia, New York. And I guess South America, too, at this point. Uh, Super Capillones crew. All right. He said it himself. Uh, to everybody listening at home, shout out to y'all. And the Break and G podcast is back in a more consistent basis. I say that loosely. Uh, to everybody listening, keep on breaking new ground. And as always, my name is Luis Prado. Be well, Prod. Talk to you soon.